everybody. Welcome into the Jesus Tactics. This is Phil. I'm so glad that you have decided to join us. And on this podcast, Gabe and I talk about things that we are unlearning and things that we are learning about the event of Easter, of Jesus' death and resurrection. And as part of this podcast, we will be putting out a PDF as to where we get our understandings of things that we are rediscovering about Easter. And so I hope you enjoy it. Also, Gabe and I had some audio uh, technical difficulties, so it's going to uh, it's going to sound a little odd. But if you can push through that and listen to the content, I think it'll be really insightful and encouraging. So with that, here is rediscovering Easter. Hey Phil, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, this week is uh, we're coming up on Easter. So uh, I think we want to take some time and talk about Easter. Like what happened at Easter that we cel- we were celebrating Easter now 2,000 plus years since the event of Easter. So Easter is the cross event, the, the, the death, the trial, the, the death and the resurrection of Christ. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. That whole event, not just one aspect of it. But I think it's important to kind of break down the aspects of it at the same time. And the reason why we're talking about this is because our understanding and view of what happened on the cross has shifted mm-hmm. over time as we encounter God as uh, self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love, we start to see things differently. And it's not that the cross event or the gospel ch- has changed, but our understanding of it has changed and it sets us mm-hmm. free. And when we're free, we help, we start to heal the world. Yeah, totally. That's, that's exactly. So like, like for me in my journey has been, I'm, I'm unlearning things. I'm unpacking things that maybe were before that I thought something was true, and now I'm seeing things in light of who God is, of this self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love that has changed that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really like what you said. It's not that the, what happened on the event of Easter has changed. It's I feel like I'm beginning to see it more clearly. Yeah. So here's the first mind shift that, that's happened to me. So I no longer see the cross as appeasement of God's wrath, Hmm. but I see it as a revelation of his love. So when you see the cross and what happened there, you don't see essentially Jesus separate from God. You see the two on the cross together. Would you say kind of like that? Yeah. God was not angry at Jesus. God did not necessarily, the, the New Testament does not say our sins were put on Jesus God turned away and then came back and forgave us. That's not what the New Testament says. What it is, Jesus is God. God was on the cross. God submitted to crucifixion and absorbed our sin. Um, He and Jesus were the same. Yeah. So it says that in the New Testament that Jesus is the exact representation of God. That the fullness, in another uh, verse says that the fullness of the deity was in Christ. Mm-hmm. There was no separation. Mm-hmm. I think what what I came to realize is that when Jesus calls out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where I think we get a lot of that, well, God turned his back on Jesus. That actually Jesus was signaling uh, Psalms 22. Right. Where it starts off that way. 
Yep. And it is, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus was notorious in the New Testament in his teachings to start a verse from the prophets or from the Old Testament, but not finish it because he knew that the people around him knew how the rest of it went. And so if we read through Psalm 22, we realize that in that Psalm, there's this victory at the end that, no, you have not turned your, or not, not turned, you have not forsaken right. me. That's You've right. not cast me away. Right. Sometimes we need to keep reading, yeah, right? Yes. So we start with the first verse, but we don't re- keep reading what it says later. Right. And it, that Psalm says, you have not turned your back on me. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was, God did not put sin on Jesus and then look away. Right. So it's not, so, so for me, what I'm seeing is the cross is not a picture of God's wrath. It's a picture, it's a revelation of his self-giving love. Self-giving, co-suffering, radically forgiving love. So that's the first shift that that I've had about Easter. And and I would agree. I think I'm I'm in the the same boat of, of that's that has been a huge shift uh, for me as well. And so as I explore that more, I'm like, okay, so what else is happening here? Um, I think what ha- so 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 then it goes. So what did happen? So if it's not Jesus's appeasement of God's wrath standing in our place where this angry, wrathful God wants to destroy humanity because we've dishonored him of our sin and Jesus happens to get in the way. So what happened? And this some is, cool things happen. Some cool things happen. Yeah. And so part of the learning piece, there's the unlearning piece. The, the, the learning piece for me is that as it states in scripture that, that Jesus defeated sin, the powers of sin, death, and Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not the cross is not just a revelation of God's love. Right. It was a decisive act. Mm-hmm. It was a complete victory over Satan, sin, and death. Yes. So it was, you know, I think uh C.S. Lewis has a great picture of this of um the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, where Aslan is kind of uh, subjects himself to those powers but then overcomes it. It wasn't him taking the place of God's wrath. And so if we play that out, so if God on the cross defeated sin, death, and Satan, and I think this is where, where when the shift comes into the resurrection now, because the other thing that, that, going back a little bit, that I had to unlearn is that the gospel, a lot of times of what I was taught, and that I even, and then I taught, stops that we are all sinful, Jesus needed to come and die for our sins, so that we, we may have a relationship with him. But most of that, that, that gospel stopped on Friday. There is no, like, and it's almost like the afterthought of like, oh, and Jesus rose again. Like, okay, yes, but that's, if he doesn't rise again, the cross doesn't mean anything. And so part of defeating sin, death, and Satan was the death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. That he, like, like you mentioned, he absorbed all the evil, the sin, the death, the corruption on the cross. He, I mean, the, just the total event of like where, where Jesus came as a human subjected himself under the powers, never sinning, but then took on all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We joke, but in a nonviolent way where he just took it all on was killed. We killed him. God didn't kill him, mm-hmm. but the Romans killed him. The Pharisees killed him yeah. on the cross. And he absorbed all of that dies, dies three days later is risen and that resurrection defeats the powers of sin, death, and sin. It doesn't mean we still don't suffer the consequences of it, but now we have the power to have the freedom to get out of addictions, to get out of um, 
different vices that are in our lives because of what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So when I became a Christian or somebody shared the gospel with me, the idea was that if I put my faith in Christ, he will forgive me for my sins and then I will go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's a great deal. Sign me up. Right. You know what? I want that. Yes. I, def- if, I definitely want to go to heaven. But I think the second shift, at least for me, I know we're both going through different mind shifts, and mm-hmm. was that the reality that, that the cross event, the death and resurrection of Jesus, doesn't just save me from the consequences of my sin so that I get to go to heaven and I avoid hell. It saves me from the power of sin. Mm-hmm. in my life. It breaks the power of sin in my life. I don't want to just skirt into heaven with a free pass and, and avoid the consequences. Like I want the power of my, of my, my habits, my dark thoughts, my addictions, my, my broken, like I want that, I want that, that power healed in me. Yes. Like Destroyed. I want to, yeah, I want to walk in love and kindness and self-discipline. Um, I want to be a life giver. To walk I, in freedom. All of that. And and that's what happens with the resurrection. That's mm-hmm. what he frees us uh, with in regards to sin. Not just the the consequences, but the power of it mm-hmm. dies. It becomes weaker. Right. And I need that. I like that. That's good news to me. Yes. It was, I think it should be good news to everyone that we can be free of those things. The other thing for me that I haven't really been able to get my head around, but um, more so uh, digging into this more is that j- the death and resurrection announces God's kingdom is here. He is Lord. He is King. And as a result, it frees me also from the political powers and the religious powers. And so the political powers in the sense that I don't need to appease quote unquote, the Republican party or the democratic party or the green party I am free from those affiliations because Jesus is king. And so living in the kingdom, I live within those quote unquote rules or those um, that way of life that he's called me into. I don't need to fit into a political party or even the, a, a religious denomination or anything like that because it's about Jesus. It is like, like we talked about on a previous podcast. It's living the Sermon on the Mount. It's living his teachings. It is living in a relationship with him. It is loving others. It is loving our enemy. That that's one of those freedoms of the powers that God has given us. And so you're saying we can live like that regardless if we're in a capitalistic society, a socialist society, a communist society. Like we are, we we are free to radically live like Jesus and love our neighbor and yes. love God. Yes, because according to the resurrection, the death and resurrection, they no longer have power. But weren't you telling me earlier that Jesus was a Republican? No, I don't. Just think kidding. I <laughs> So is he a Republican or Democrat? Neither. He transcends it all. <laughs> he transcends it all. And I, uh, yeah. not to get too far into politics, but... <laughs> You're free from politics, right, remember? Right, okay, so I'm free from it. But but when we start living in, in, in the freedom of the kingdom of God and living the kingdom lifestyle, both parties are going to have issues with you. Both of them are going to know, you can't do that. You can't say that. And you go, yeah, I'm living in the freedom of... The kingdom of God. Yeah. And and the, the other thing is, is of death. So God defeats us from the power of death. I, I still struggle with. But that. we still die. We exactly. We we, we still die, and, and we still have loved ones that die. Are like, and it still hurts. 
right? We we still miss those people. We still like there's still to say there's not pain there. I think is maybe not being honest because I still feel pain. Of course. Um, and I think that's normal. It's okay to feel that. I mean, Jesus at a funeral wept. Yeah. So he revealed to us like this. It's okay to weep here. It's okay yeah. to cry out and say this is not right. Yeah. So what what do we what does God mean? The scripture mean that God defeated death. Well, Hebrews two talks about how there, throughout history, people had a fear of death. Mm. You know, so part of overcoming death, it, taking the sting out of it, means that we no longer have to fear it because there's more, more than going going on than what we see in this life. I mean, I look at the the news, I watch social media more than I should, and I think sometimes there's got to be more to life than this. Mm-hmm. You know, this world is is broken and it needs healed. There's got to be more to life than this. So I think part of the sting of taking away the sting of death means that there's more. There's more coming. So you're saying death does not have the final word. Absolutely not. Jesus has the final word. On anything. On anything. So if this is true, the part of the unlearning is, and this is going to like scare some people, is that death then doesn't have the final word on my eternal destination. Because you and I were brought up like if you don't say this prayer, if you don't believe this quote unquote doctrine or these these things before you die, because that's the end. So this is another mind shift. That this you, is an, you have. Th- yeah, yeah, this is another mind shift. Okay, then you're going to hell. Doesn't that then mean that death has the final word and not Jesus? That's what that would mean. Yeah. So if Jesus has defeated sin and death. Death doesn't have the final word. Right. Okay. So you're saying, are you saying people can change their mind after they die? I am questioning that. Okay. Maybe. 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 I can't say for certain because none of us have been there and come back. Mm -hmm. But it makes me question it. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder like, hmm. Because the other unlearning piece that, that, that we've discussed is that given the other way of the, you know, if you don't believe these things, it requires certain things to happen in order for someone to believe those things that is completely dependent upon us, humanity. First one is they have to hear it. They Mm -hmm. have to hear, okay, Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Mm -hmm. You're a sinner. Um, Believe these things, say this prayer, and now you're saved. But what about the people who've never heard that are in India their context is Hindu. Mm-hmm. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. Is that just? Is that God's justice? Um, so it depends upon someone having to hear it. And if they don't hear it, they're screwed. They're screwed. There's a lot of factors go, that go into, go into it as to why someone may not hear it. Yeah, so you have to hear it. You have to hear the gospel in order to respond to it, mm-hmm. right? Which the New Testament, Romans, you know, yeah, talks about that we need the feet fitted with good news. Maybe mm-hmm. that's Ephesians. Um, but you have to hear it, respond to it, and if you don't, then, and you die, mm-hmm. then if you have eternal separation from God because of that, that gives death the final word. Yeah. So you're suggesting... And I, I see it the same way. I'm suggesting as well that death—if death doesn't have the final word—if death is defeated, Jesus has the final word. Yeah. 
and when every knee bows mm-hmm. and every tongue confesses, that that could be that many people have had a change of heart when they see Jesus for who he really is. Right. Because uh, the other question in this is that, is it even possible on this side of what happens next, whether it was heaven or the, the, the next life, to really understand God's love? to really understand what eternal consequences are? Is it, is it even possible? I don't think it's possible. And I think scripture lends itself to, lends itself to that as well. That, um, was it Ephesians that the height, the, the depth, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can't know it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's another question that I have that like, I don't, I'm not sure that death then has a final word in that. Mm-hmm. Well, death did not have the final word on Jesus. That's the mm-hmm. whole idea behind Easter right. and the resurrection. We think death had the final word, and it didn't. Yeah. So I think part of the shift I've had, too, we're talking through a lot of shifts yeah. here, um, is that I used to have a very subjective understanding of the gospel, meaning that uh, the cross was effective in people's lives only if they heard it, understood it and accepted it. It was very subjective, but there's this other end to it, which is more objective, meaning that when, when Jesus died and rose again, he defeated Satan, sin and death. There's some objective cosmic realities and changes that happened, Mm -hmm. whether we believe it or not. So I'm starting to see kind of that end of the spectrum as well. And, um, and to me, that's good news. So the early church, creed was very simple it was jesus is lord meaning they were proclaiming jesus is the absolute authority over all creation over planet earth over the universe jesus is lord he's the absolute authority that's why they got sent to the lions that's why they were used as human torches that's why they were they were killed because caesar was lord and to say jesus is lord was um uh, treason Mm -hmm. but he is lord I mean, when we confess with our tongue, Jesus is Lord, we're saying he is the absolute authority over everything. And he is going to heal it all because he is good and he is a healer and he is, he is nothing but self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we believe that or not, I think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's this objective side to it. So... Um, that's one of my other shifts as yeah. well. I think uh, another uh, shift is from where I was at before is this, you know, I, I and I'm thankful that, you know, someone laid out the Romans road for me. And I was like, yes, I, I want this. And then God continued to work to develop this relationship with Jesus, which I think is all of our goals of those who are, who are following Jesus. We want others to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. no matter how they get there, mm-hmm. that there are many ways to Jesus. Um, but, you know, Jesus is the only way. Um, yeah. Is that, that that style of the Romans road is, that, okay, so I'm saved, I'm going to heaven when I die. I can easily go, okay, so I'm going to find it. I'm going to start going to church now because I need to surround myself, which is good, or at least a, a community of believers, and try not to be corrupted of this world and, and hunker down and hang on until Jesus comes back or I die. But when Jesus defeated the, the powers, his kingdom comes. That's here, not fully realized yet, 
but he is healing the world now. And it's changed my, I guess, vocation, my work in the sense of like, I was under slavery to sin, death, and um, Satan, that now I'm free, but I'm not just free from it. I'm now called into the vocation of joining God and healing and redeeming and restoring this world. I've Mm -hmm. got, I get to to participate in Mm -hmm. this healing. Mm-hmm. That, that that just as the Sermon Mount says, to love my neighbor, to do good to them, to to love my enemy. I have the freedom to live that way. And now, it, like, um, I, I used to have a misunderstanding of uh, when Jesus calls Peter out, says, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I used to see that as the gates of hell won't prevail. So we, we can, we're, we're going to circle the wagons because Satan can't touch us. Mm-hmm. Until someone asked me, says, Phil, When's the last time a gate attacked you? Like, I've never been attacked by a gate. It says, yeah, you're looking at it the wrong way. Hmm. That means the kingdom of God is moving out. You are on the offensive. Mm-hmm. You're on the offensive, but it's not an offensive of sword wheeling or you know, smacking people over the head. It's on the offensive of love. Mm-hmm. Love will defeat all. And so it's, Satan can't stop that. You're free to live in the kingdom that yeah. way. A gate is a defensive. Yes. And so because Jesus defeated sin, death, and Satan, Satan is now on the defensive. Mm-hmm. And we can move out with radical love. So to summarize, maybe some practical ideas here. If, if Satan has been defeated, then that means we are the dangerous ones. Mm-hmm. He is no longer the dangerous one. We can move forward with courage and faith and love to heal this world, knowing that he cannot stop us. He may, he may hurt us, mm-hmm. right? He oh, may yeah. slow us down, but we can move forward. We are the dangerous ones. We should be the most dangerous people. We had some missionaries to Africa come to our house, and they were, they were about to leave for their two-year stint. And this was years ago. And I remember um, praying over them because they were, they were asking prayers for safety. And I remember in that moment of praying for them that it hit me. Wait a second. They're going into danger, but they're the dangerous ones. Mm. They are the ones who are bringing light into the darkness. They're the ones who are bringing healing into this world. And whoever's listening to this, as we follow Christ and live a life of self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love, we become the dangerous ones mm-hmm. in good ways. So that's, that's one practical takeaway. Yeah. I think the second practical takeaway for me is that, to, that Jesus doesn't just save me from the consequences of my sin, but he does save me from the power of sin in my life. And that's good news, and I need that. So we don't have to remain in our dysfunctional habits with our brokenness we can slowly heal over those. And healing's always done in community. It's mm-hmm. always done with transparency with others who are safe. So I would encourage all of us to be in that kind of friendship and relationships with people where we can be honest and be ourselves. We need to find little pockets of community where we can be heard, we can be loved, and we can be safe. Because mm-hmm. um, that's part of how the power of, we, we experience the, the power of sin being broken right. in our life. There is so much good news about the event of Easter, of Jesus' death and resurrection. That in fact, the cross does not reveal God's wrath, but God's self-giving, radically forgiving, co-suffering love. Jesus' death and resurrection was a decisive victory over the powers of sin, death, and Satan. 
which frees us to live and to walk in love and courage, self-discipline. There are so many things that we are rediscovering about Easter. We would love to hear from you. What are some things that you are rediscovering about Easter? What are some things in this podcast that you never thought of before? Please email us at gabe at thejesustactics.com or phil at thejesustactics.com. One of the things that gives me the most excitement is that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, God's kingdom is now, which means that he is healing the world now. And not only that, he is inviting us to participate with him in the redemption and the healing of this world. Because at the end, Jesus will heal it all. Mm